What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Ombra Gaming Podcast, episode 12. As always, I'm Manny, and I'm here with Matt and Steve. What's going on, guys? Hey! That's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Um, New Year is off to a good start. Care to elaborate? Uh, <laughs> or no? Nah. I feel like if I talk about my resolutions, then they won't happen. So I'm going to keep them to myself. Except for that podcast we released about your resolutions. Oh. Well, that's gaming resolutions. That's true. That was different. There are, there are multiple resolutions. He's a, he's a multifaceted individual. Like an onion. A lot of layers. Or a diamond. Could, could be that too. Diamonds don't have layers. Diamonds have facets. Diamonds have carrots. So that's been stones <laughs> and gems. <laughs> Steve, how is your new year treating you? It's treating me very well. Uh, we had some awful weather over the past few days, but it actually warmed up to a cozy 35 degrees today. So nice. much better than the sub zero temperatures i endured this weekend after getting like 15 inches of snow dumped on us yeah yeah so it was a fun it was a fun weekend of uh having the perfect excuse just to chill inside play some games hang out with some uh some friends so yeah great times great times all around good stuff yeah it's warming up down here in dc as well so for today's episode, we are going to kick things off with another session of That Happened. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that have happened since last we spoke. And then uh, the topic of the podcast today is a segment that we're calling In a Perfect World. So what that segment is going to consist of is um, we're going to go around the group here and we're going to talk about some upcoming games and some things that are happening in the, indus- happening in the industry. And we're going to be talking about what our perfect world scenarios are for those games and those things that are happening. But before we get to any of that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, not too much to cover, mostly the fact that, guys, we made a ton of announcements. Like I said in the beginning, a lot of things have happened uh, with the Ombre Gaming crew. We've added two new contributors, Christine and Momat, and I'm really excited to have them on board. Also, folks, if you follow me on Twitch, you now follow Ombre Gaming on Twitch. So we actually revamped uh, my Twitch channel to to be the Ombre Gaming sort of outward facing channel. So um, so now we are uh, twitch.tv slash Ombre underscore gaming. Tell your friends. That's all. Also, uh, follow us on social media. We are at Ombre underscore gaming on Twitter and at Ombre Gaming on the Insta. And also follow us on Snapchat. We don't have a Snapchat, but we should. We don't we have a Snapchat. are very funny on Snapchat. You can follow me on Snapchat, and uh, <laughs> it's just pictures of my dog, mostly. Also, last on housekeeping, next week we're going to have Christine and Mo Matt on the podcast. Um, it's going to be the first podcast with both of them on. Um, again, they won't be on every episode. They're mostly going to be focused on writing and content creation, but we will have them on the pod every now and then. Uh, that first occasion will be next week, so look forward to that. Um, it'll be fun to have them and it'll be even more fun to edit five audio tracks. So with that, folks, why don't we get started with a little session of that happened? Uh, Steve, why don't you kick it off? Let us know what happened. I will let you know what happened and it's a dagger to you and I. So uh, I was watching, um, I think it was the daily fix on IGN, not really the daily fix. It was just one of those quick hit videos where they talk about like those two minute long videos. They talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there was a video clip of uh, gameplay from metal gear survive. Oh God. And apparently it was so bad that people were flat out going onto the video, not to watch it, just to comment on how bad it was and downvote it. <laughs> That's amazing. Aww. That's so, not a dagger to my face. That's a, a kiss to my m- mouth, heart. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, no, it's definitely a dagger to the face because we definitely saw this coming. They say in the clip, basically, that this is the end of Metal Gear, where they're like, well, it was probably the end of Metal Gear when Kojima yeah. left Konami. Like, that was it. Um, yeah. So I feel yeah, like we that all... That was the end of Metal Gear. I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we all saw this coming. Unless Kojima somehow gets the rights from Konami, there's never going to be another good Metal Gear game. You yeah. really just kind of yeah. have to own up to that fact. It was just really depressing to see that it's already happening. It's like, this is their first attempt. Reckoning is coming, man. And they're just trying one of those, like, survival tactic games, and it just just doesn't look good. Yeah. I I just don't even know where they were thinking they were going with this. So I was really, really disappointed. Um, Not what I wanted to hear, because I, I had a small sliver of hope. I was like, you know what? Maybe this game could be moderately entertaining. And now I have no hope. I don't think I ever had hope uh, after Kojima left, but you know, I'll give it a shot. I'm just will kidding. you? I'm not play yeah, not no, no, never no, 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 <laughs> never, never. I will say though, one thing that I'm kind of interested in seeing how things develop is the rumored Metal Gear movie. That's been a rumor since like Metal Gear Solid came out, <laughs> but it's <laughs> taking shape. So it's reported that the director is Jordan. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Jordan. It's just Jordan. The guy who directed uh, Kong Skull Island. Jordan Vogt Roberts. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how you pronounce it. V-O-G-T. Isn't it vote? Yeah. Pretty sure vote? it's vote. Yeah, I think it's a okay. silent G. I'm going to go with what Matt says because it's definitely not Vogt. <laughs> not Vogt? <laughs> There's no chance it's Vogt. <laughs> well, it's rumored that jo- Jordan Vote Roberts is going to be directing the Metal Gear movie. And there's been he's made public statements about it. He says that he's he wants to stay true to Kojima's uh, vision of what Metal Gear is and was. He also directed Kong Skull Island, which like wasn't an amazing film, but I enjoyed it. Um, it was fun. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. But uh, as far as anything uh, Metal Gear Survive goes, I'd rather play in traffic. I thought you meant play video games in traffic, and I was I mean, like, or that. that might be dangerous. Either Just one works. Out. Okay, sure. So yeah, um, all hope is lost on. Metal Gear, and that happened. So, so moving on, Matt, uh, let us know what happened. Sure. So, in the business world, some interesting news. So today, our lunch was catered, and that was great. So I had some Greek food, feta, pita bread, some tzatziki, rice, chicken, a cookie. It was like a macadamia, but it it didn't have nuts in it. It just had white chocolate chips. Okay, that's called a white chocolate chip cookie. Okay, and uh, I also splurged on a Dr. Pepper. Did you taste all 32 flavors? Yes, and uh, so so yeah, that happened. Those are some pretty interesting developments. Thanks for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so in my world, what happened this past weekend was MAGFest 2018. It was a lot of fun. So MAGFest is uh, held at National Harbor um, every year. It's just the the biggest celebration of nerd culture and gaming and, and tabletop gaming and music. So MAGFest was originally called the Mid-Atlantic Gaming Festival. It, it has since been sort of uh, rebranded as the uh, Music and Gaming Festival. So it's held at a really big convention center resort in National Harbor. And it, it was pretty great. So I, the last time I went was two years ago where I hashtag met Ashley Birch. That's a trending hashtag. 
you can go find it on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's this combination of panelists and sort of group events and discussions. And, and then of course, of course it has like the big vendor area where you can just buy a bunch of uh, nerdy, geeky gamer shit. And it's great. Um, <clears throat> and then there's a massive arcade, which is really cool. Uh, and then they have an entire warehouse that's like devoted to indie developers showcasing their games, which is really really awesome yeah that's probably one of my favorite parts just because you get to see these guys that are like really passionately working on these games that are like really really well built um, and people testing them and giving them feedback i feel like it's a great opportunity for them and then there's a whole same sized warehouse mind you these sort of warehouse rooms are the size of like a football field they're gigantic so there's a whole nother one of these gigantic rooms that's dedicated to like every console imaginable so they have like six tables with like 20 ps4s at each they have another six tables with snes another six with n64 gamecube dreamcast genesis atari like every console that has ever existed are just being played on thousands of tvs um, and then there's a room next to that where it's all arcade games um, everything from joust to the old school shit um, like the original mortal kombats to you know the newer stuff they have like all the classics like time crisis um, House of the Dead, uh, Beachhead, like all the really awesome classic arcade games. Uh, I played Galaga a couple times in your honor, Steve. Thank um, you. I appreciate I wasn't, it. I wasn't very good at it. Did you get the double fighter? You got to get the double fighter. Oh, you, oh, you got to get the double fighter. <laughs> do I have to get the double <laughs> you fighter? You have to do it. You got to sacrifice one of your guys, get captured, shoot that bitch coming down, yeah, and then you yeah. go, pew, and then you get the perfect score in the challenge round. And that's how you get an extra life, baby. And it's amazing like how fucking difficult these old arcade games are because there's no there's no nuance it you have four directions there's up down left and right and you have four buttons and they're like high punch high kick low punch and low kick like mortal kombat's way harder than i remember it being but i was somehow really good at it when i was a kid so yeah i mean it was it was really really great um i did buy some really rad uh dark souls art and it's like painted in the traditional like japanese style on like this cotton paper thing that's really cool also i went to a lot of really cool panels um i went to one that was hosted by the folks at zelda universe and it was just about the success of breath of the wild and sort of the future of zelda and that was a cool and formal discussion and then i went to one that was actually about esports and how higher education is now fueling and supporting that industry so there's actually like schools that you can go to like actual accredited educational institutions that you can get esport management degrees which is crazy that that's God, a thing so and schools are even thinking about offering scholarships for esports players like treating it like it's an actual college sport um and the ncaa is is looking at it thinking of getting involved which would mean like huge regulatory and frankly revenue um implications like it's 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 amazing and and you know i'll be the first to admit that i didn't know shit about esports and that whole world and the the structures and institutions that sort of run it um and so this was really enlightening and it was interesting to hear these people talk about um, like how it compares to actual sports. But in any case, it was just a really interesting conversation about like this bizarre industry that is growing in so many, so many crazy ways. And especially now that I just started playing Overwatch, like, I mean, I'm not like an esports player and I don't plan to be, but I can like at least see the, like I can see, I can understand it a little bit more. I feel like if I didn't play things like Overwatch or Rocket League, then I would be way, way more sort of out of tune. 
I also discovered that the Rocket League, uh, the the Rocket League World Championship, was here in Washington D.C. in October, and I had no idea, which is really frustrating. I have to um, take you under my wing and teach you the ways of league. I, see, I think we'll, we'll have this conversation another time, but I feel like that's a different kind of competitive game that I don't know if it's my, I don't know if that's my style, but I'll I'll try it maybe. But um, yeah, it was a fun weekend and. Um, I'll, I'll be going up to Boston with uh, the Sasquatch Armada guys for PAX. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what happened. Um, so with that, folks, let's move on. So this segment, like I said, we're calling In a Perfect World. So if you remember from a few episodes ago, we talked about our most anticipated games for 2018. Now that 2018 is upon us, these games aren't too far away. Um, so what we're going to do is go around the group and we're going to talk about with each of our most anticipated games... Uh, what a perfect world scenario would be. So not necessarily just saying, in a perfect world, this game is good, and it sells a lot. Um, we're going to focus in on on you know one or two or three mechanics of the game or elements of the game that we want to see absolutely uh, done perfectly. So, uh, yeah, why don't we go ahead and get started? We'll start with Matt this time. Why don't you kick it off? Okay, so for my in a perfect world portion... Um, I've broken the rules because I am stupid, but my imperfect world game uh, that I'm going to talk about in depth is PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yes, it was officially released in uh, late December for Windows 2017 out of early access mode to a full release game. But in terms of work they have to do, I think there's a lot that could be done to make the game really good. What I think is silly right now still um and i know we talked about this briefly in other podcasts too is that like i think in the game awards podcast we said that we thought it was ridiculous it was considered for like game of the year when it was still like early access i still stand by that i also think it's silly that websites and publications like game informer ign are giving it like 9.5 out of 10 9 out of 10 polygon gave it a 10 out of 10 which that is the most absurd thing I have ever looked at in terms of like a game review rating. And I'm sure there's more absurd things out there. Um, but come on, it, like it is not a 10 out of 10 game. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done on it. But that's why it's my In a Perfect World game. Um, there's some things that they can do and that, you know, I'm hopeful um, seeing the development so far that they will do to make it even better and like a really solid game in the end. So they released that new map, um, which is like desert themed to the additional map that they had the, you know, the Russian island. Specifically for this new map, they need to fix the random generation of loot. It's really bad on this new map. I was playing it the other day and there just feels like there's no rhyme or reason to the loot availability there, which like if you're going to go ahead and use a loot system that involves random generation it has to feel that it is somewhat fair or else it's just gonna it you could drop into a game and be like oh my god this is completely unfair because like the drops i'm getting are, are ridiculously bad and you know that at the same time someone or groups of people somewhere else are getting really good drops of loot just because of the randomness of of the map and how it's generated so if there's more uh work around like exactly why it, the loot is generated in a certain way and i think making that 
public and being transparent about it, I think that'd go a long way in like when you're playing the game feeling like, oh, you know, I got some good guns but lacked on the armor, but you know, that is more fair than like I just have nothing. You know, I have a shotgun or something and, and that's it and no armor, no helmet, nothing. Next, hackers have to be punished more swiftly. It is ridiculous the hacking that's going on right now. I was playing with my two friends maybe a week or two ago and we were just absolutely obliterated and we were in like the top 15 at that point so towards the end of a game because of a hacker which we only knew about because of the death cam which I'm glad that was added to the game but he was he was laying down like barely even looking in our direction and as he stood up so he went from crouch to standing no scope no iron iron sights like nothing shoots a bullet and just insta locks a headshot on one of us and then the same thing happens to the two of us like it was yeah it was just absurd it was absolutely absurd and so like the hacking that's going on has to be punished and it really needs they need to bring the hammer down because it's like really absurd right now it's crazy that hacking is still a thing like one would think that we've developed some kind of way to systemically prevent these people from from hacking or, or even accessing these games but it's been a thing, and it's been a thing forever, as long as online gaming has been a thing. Um, like, it's 2018. We can't do better. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's 2018. Like, what? <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah, just, I also, I don't even understand, really, I guess, why hacking in a, in a video game is appealing. Like, I, I, I understand more why, like, hacking in real life is a thing. And why that's appealing Life to like access yeah. information and like stuff like that, but I just don't really yeah. understand it for gaming. I don't understand the motivation behind it. Yeah, yeah. So whatever. Agreed. I mean, like, it makes you feel powerful. I guess. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Um, and in a perfect world, I'd like to continue seeing new maps added. It'd be cool to get at least one, two more maps. Um, new guns, new gun balancing, and the damage in some of them. Some new game modes would also be cool. There's a lot of potential for deathmatch um, or capture the flag in like certain regions. Um, that could make the game more uh, exciting and just add in some diversity to gameplay. Better character customization and a cheaper loot box system. The current one's pretty garbage. Each loot box, for those of you that don't know, each loot box that you pick up gets more expensive so it doubles in price each time that you purchase one with in-game currency which legitimately makes no sense all right i'm downloading this game literally right now and you're doing a really bad job at selling it i just paid well, 30 dollars for it is a ton of fun it's a ton of fun to play but like it's a, this is my perfect world these are the things that need to be changed all right well even though you broke the rules those were some pretty insightful comments i appreciate you allowing me to break the rules rules no problem wolves. the wolves <laughs> i'm breaking the wolves i'm breaking the wolves i hope one day your your perfect world becomes a reality oh thank you manny that's so nice of you so for us two rule followers over here steve you want to go next yeah i'll gladly take that next and i'm sticking with my anticipated games from a couple episodes ago and i know it's you wanted me to talk about yoshi yeah of course actually i would love to know what your perfect world scenario is for yoshi (laughs) yeah they re-release yoshi's island that's what (laughs) also my brother-in-law was like hey has matt played any yoshi game because they're all childish and colorful like that he's talking about (laughs) it like it's a new thing and i was like i don't know man take it up with matt 
Oh my god, yeah, I have. And if he were to watch some of the new Yoshi videos, he would understand what I'm saying in that it looks like a like a kid built physically like the cardboard items that that make up the game. You know, I feel really misunderstood and you know, I'm just <laughs> quitting this podcast. I think you know what else feels misunderstood? The rules. <laughs> All right, Steve. So I'm actually going to throw a little curveball and actually do Red Dead Redemption 2 first because I feel like that's the one I've talked about the most. So why not talk about it more? No, no. I'm doing it first to get it out of the way because I'm not going to spend as much time on it. Mostly because I feel like I've talked enough to the point where people have an idea of what I'm looking for. So I'm just going to kind of hit it with a couple of bullet points. Um, I think we already are expecting an amazing installment in this because I feel like they're just going to take what they learned from Red Dead Redemption and then Grand Theft Auto V on both PS3 and PS4 and 360 and PC and Xbox One, yada, yada, yada. And they're just going to turn it into this wild Western version of GTA V. And I think the online play is going to be incredible. I'm My perfect world, I'm hoping for a little bit more material at the time of the Red Dead Online release. It wasn't like that with GTA Online. When GTA Online first came out, there wasn't too, too much you could do. There was a substantial amount of game modes, but then it came to the point where we kept hearing about heists and they just never came. And then they finally came. It was like a year later. And obviously I give Rockstar all the credit in the world for continually giving more DLC to make it, to give it more replay value. I would hope that with Red Dead 2, we're going to see just more of that online content right at the launch. And then I do hope that we get what they did with GTA V in the story mode where you get to play as different characters. I thought that was a really cool concept. It gave you, I felt like, more meaningful choices because there were ways like you could end up killing off one of the characters or a couple of the characters or keeping them all alive. Um, you could play the game differently depending on who you were. It was almost like you were... It, it kind of reminded me of like the movie Split <laughs> where you're just like playing like different characters. So you had like these different personalities when you played as these guys. So I thought that was really cool. And obviously the fact that you get Arthur Morgan, who is not John Marston as the main character, I'm hoping that we do get a chance to play as John Marston, or at least he makes an appearance in the game, because I don't think you can have a Red Dead prequel without John Marston. So my perfect world would hopefully be that he's that little surprise that they throw in where it's like, oh yeah, you can play as him too. He's one of the characters you get to use. For those that watched uh, the Overlad stream last night, we talked about the possibility of another installment called rad dad redemption (laughs) it's a father carrying a child around in one of those baby bjorns you know uh in the west and that's pretty much it you're just a father and uh i don't know you're going shopping i mean john marston was a father i don't think he had a baby born baby bjorn but uh would it still be your perfect world if john marston was in the game but he was not a playable character that would not be a perfect world. No. You want to play You want to play the character. I want to play as John Marston again. Got he it. was an awesome character. What a badass. And, like, this would be him before he was basically turned by the FBI to rat on all his buddies. So Spoiler. I, spoiler. I mean, come on. If you haven't played Red Dead Redemption you can't by assume. now. You can't okay. No assumptions are made uh, on this podcast. Well, you know what? None. I don't care. If you haven't played Red Dead Redemption by now, you stink. I mean, if you only played 15 hours of it, you obviously... You don't know. You wouldn't have been. Yeah. All right. So that's my perfect role, Red Dead Redemption. Basically, take what you learned from Red Dead, take what you've learned from GTA V, and turn that into an awesome Western world. And let us just... It's going to be open sandbox. Let's go nuts. That's going to be a good time. Next, I'm going to go with God of War. 
I'm actually my perfect world with this is going to be a little strict because if they're if they're saying that this is like a 50 hour game, there needs to be a lot of things that happen in order to make that game worth playing for 50 hours. They basically need to reinvent the entire series. It needs to be a completely different game from 1 through 3 Ascension and all those PSP installments. I, I mean, I loved all those games because it really was like this non-stop throw ride. Every now and then you'd have to stop to do like a puzzle or something like that. But for the most part, it's just non-stop fighting and, and cr crazy quick action scenes. And it runs like 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours. So that's that's good for something like that because it's a short little burst where you just kind of plow through the game. It can't be like that if you're going to be doing 50 hours. You can't have a constant just rise, 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 keep rising this like this wave of action and tension. It needs to have steady points. I do think that's where the sun comes into play. I think he is basically going to be the character who helps slow things down. I imagine you're going to play as him, and I think that you need to have instances where you play as the kid in order for this game to work for 50 hours. So in my perfect world, he needs to be a good character. He needs to be like a beyond good character. He can't just be some side act that you just have to use for certain scenarios to help Kratos do whatever he has to do. He needs to have a personality. He needs to have a really good backstory. And then he actually needs to give me a reason to care for him because it, you know, it happens in those games like the last of us and the walking dead telltale games. You have Clementine and walking dead and Ellie and the last of us. And both of those characters draw you in because they actually have real depth. They're not just side pieces. They're actual parts of the game. Without them, the game doesn't work. So that's what the sun needs to be. I need to play that game and look back on it and be like, man, without him, this thing doesn't work and we probably don't get any more God of War games. Like, let's let, we'll put it where it is because right now it's a stale franchise. They haven't done anything and this looks like it's their attempt to reinvent the series. So if they're going to go that route, they need to go all out. I think it needs to have open world elements. I think there needs to be changes to the rank up system maybe even throw in like a crafting system perhaps but it's gonna be a completely different game and in my perfect world it needs to be it can't resemble any of those old games if i'm gonna be playing this for 50 hours give me a reason to want to play this for 50 hours on to my last one detroit become human for this one my main thing is there needs to be much more interactivity between the player and the game than heavy rain and beyond two souls i've said it multiple times i enjoyed both of those games very much um i understand the critiques that at times it's basically just like playing a movie i understand that that's not for everybody and people could even bring up the arguments like yeah it's not really a game it's more like you're just playing like a, a virtual novelization or something it's like okay yeah sure i get what you're saying i do but on the opposite side of that while you are playing those characters and what seems like just playing through a novelization you're making choices that affect the outcome of both those games so in that sense i do think there is that character element where the player makes choices to affect the game. I understand that it doesn't feel like you're actually doing anything sometimes. It really does feel like you're just kind of moving the storyline forward one way or the other. So I really want there to be more of an interactivity where the choices you make as, you know, like the robot or whatever character you end up being, because I imagine you'll probably play as like, I can see this going one of those ways, like Heavy Rain, where you play as different characters. But I think the choices you make 
all right, the way I, I want to see it is that the choices you make and the interactions you have with people are almost a side part of the story where you're actually given more direction. It's not so much just kind of like, oh, wander around and try to figure out what's going on here. I don't imagine there's going to be an open world environment, so I wouldn't put that in my perfect world because it, it just, if that's not Quantic Dream style, they're very linear. It's very story driven. And I'm okay with that. I think in my perfect world, I want it to still have similar elements. I do like the idea where it's almost like you're playing a movie because it just throws in, you know, just cool story concepts and the visuals look fantastic and i can't wait to play it in 4k i think it's going to be absolutely stunning to watch and that's another reason why i'm very cool with sitting through cinematic scenes because i imagine they're going to be very well done i can't really complain if what i'm watching is actually a good movie like, <laughs> like if they're going to make it and it's going to be like a good movie i don't care if i'm just kind of like the the pilot of that movie but i do want there to be more interactivity i want to feel like i'm doing a little bit more than just kind of accelerating the plot I want to feel like I have almost a real hand in making my character feel like something. So maybe if they throw in some type of character customization tools, I think that would be a nice touch. To make it feel more like you're part of the game, as opposed to you just moving some pawn around the chessboard. But yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for in my perfect world of those three games. I think they have the chance of living up to those expectations of all three of them. I think Detroit Become Human has the biggest chance of kind of letting me down. Just, I don't know, just because maybe they just won't do enough, but we'll see. I have high hopes for all three, so I am setting the bar kind of high. But what do you got for your perfect world, Manny? Uh, well, my perfect world is going to be tested pretty soon because the first one I'm going to go with is Far Cry 5 which was supposed to come out in February it's delayed to March and and this actually stems from a conversation that we had on on the uh, Ombre Gaming Discord. My perfect world scenario is that in a perfect world, Far Cry 5 would have a really, really compelling story. And the reason I say that is because Far Cry 3's story I think was way more compelling than Far Cry 4. The addition of the mechanics in Far Cry 4 were pretty cool. Like, that's cool that they added some, some new gameplay mechanics, like, for example, throwing the meat as bait to attract... Uh, wildlife that then attacks enemies like that you know cool things like that i think are, are great and the ability to fly around an helicopter or a gyrocopter was really cool as well yeah the gyrocopter made it so easy to knock out yeah. all, all of the towers <laughs> yeah yeah and like that just didn't exist in far cry 3 so i'm glad they added things like that but the story and i mean i've talked about it endlessly but the acting in far cry 3 was just way stronger that's not to say that 4 was weak but 3 was just better um and so i really hope i really hope that's taken into consideration in 5 and that being said i think it already is right like we've seen the trailers it's intense it grapples with a lot of very relevant sort of like hot button issues that are going on right now racial tension religion like political tension like that's cool that they're grappling with these big big issues but i just hope it's done right and because it is a european studio i don't know i i in a perfect world they're equipped enough to accurately handle these kinds of issues with nuance not just like hey this we want to sell this game i just hope that it wasn't a marketing ploy and i hope that it just wasn't to get people riled up and paying for shit so you know i don't doubt that the mechanics will be great i don't doubt that it'll be a beautiful open world game i don't doubt that that gameplay will be fun as hell especially since it's fully co-op um, in the campaign i just hope that the story is done well and and really thought out so yeah, my other one is um, Shadow of the Colossus, which is like weird. I don't even have a, I don't have any world scenario with it because I've never played it. But in a perfect world, 
Again, one of the things that I heard about the, the remaster is that the control scheme was left untouched, which is a little bit frustrating um, and hopefully doesn't take too much away from the actual gameplay. But also I've heard really incredible things about that game. And so I hope that enough of, you know, I've, I've heard that they didn't really touch anything else. They've only made it look better and play better. Um, and so I hope that the game aged well. I think it's clear that this kind of game is a product of its time. Um, and I just hope that it still holds up. That being said, I've never played it. So like for me, it'll, it'll either be really great or it won't be great because of where it came from and when it came from. And then my last uh, most anticipated game that, that I spoke about earlier was The Ghost of Tsushima. Again, not too much to go off of, but I would say that for me, the last game I played that was set in an Asian setting was Neo. Um, and I thought it kind of pandered to that demographic of people who wanted that kind of game set in that sort of Asian theme. And there were some like historical inspirations from that game. Like the character was based off an actual character who was known as one of the first Western samurais, which I thought was really cool. But then like, other than that, it just kind of played to some sort of, it, it played to a handful of sort of cheap Asian tropes. That being said, there there's a level of fantasy that's involved and obviously you can't be like historically accurate when you're dealing with fantasy. So um, I just hope Ghost of Tsushima does that well. Again, I'm basing all of this off like a what, a 30 second trailer or something. But um, I just hope that it's done that it's done well. I don't doubt that it'll be a good game. Uh, but similar to Far Cry 5, I hope that the story is is you know ha has a lot of thought put into it, and I'm really looking forward to uh, getting my hands on it whenever whenever that's that's gonna be. Yeah, I'm really I'm really interested to see what the fighting mechanics are like in that game because it's a very different game stylistically compared to Infamous where Infamous yeah it had melee but the majority of your attacks in Infamous are at a distance where you're you know you're like you're throwing out your electricity or whatever power you're using at that time and this obviously can't be that way you're talking about swords you're talking about straight up ninjas like when when it really breaks down so it has to be a lot of close quarters combat. So I'm very curious to see what they've done to enhance that melee. Mostly because it was just so minimal in uh, Infamous. It was basically like, you know, square, square, triangle, or whatever it might have been. And that, I mean, that doesn't last in terms of enjoyment. Um, you need to kind of get some nuance to that. So Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to, to get some more trailers and, and maybe gameplay from, from that. Those are my perfect world scenarios. 2018 hopefully will be a perfect year in gaming i feel like i talked a lot last year about how well 2017 did for the for the gaming industry and i really hope 2018 at least meets it and and blows it out of the park yeah can't wait for all those uh, loot boxes so folks i hope you enjoyed our perfect world scenarios let us know what you're most looking forward to and how you'd like to see things shake out in 2018 uh, again 2017 was awesome and very kind to us gamers so i really hope that 2018 um you know meets that bar and, and hopefully exceeds it so with that ladies and gentlemen wherever you are wherever you're listening from we appreciate you very much and we will talk to you very soon You should try it. You should at least you should at least play a game with me so that you know about it. Speaking of games with you, yeah. Matt, I'm downloading PUBG right now. Will you play with me tonight? <laughs> Is this going on the podcast? It should. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll play with you. Are you sure you want to do that? I mean, as long as you're not weird about it. <laughs>
I mean, he's def- he's definitely going to be weird about it. Like, It's like, hey, man, can you just not be weird for one minute? The next minute, man, he's just like, hey, so uh, I'm naked. Is this how you start <laughs> playing PUBG? 